I don't know if I'll, we've, we've just been talking about the Snyder cut for a little bit. I don't know if I'll keep that in. Hello, I'm Cal Kermins. Moise Camacho. Switching up a little bit, you know, I, I, we usually do the names after the show intro, but yeah, uh, this is Big Willie style. This is a show where every week, once a week, we watch a film in the career of Will Smith and watch as he goes from the Fresh Prince to arguably the greatest movie star of all time. We talk about each movie and what it says about him, what it says about his career, and what it says about our pop culture as a whole. Uh, how does he do it? You know it's Big Willie style. Rumble, young man, rumble. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. This week, much anticipated episode for Moises and I. We are talking about Michael Mann's 2001 biopic, Ali, starring Will Smith. Uh, it's damn near an epic. An epic. Co- Unlike other biopics, doesn't cover his whole life, just uh, a very important 10 years of Muhammad Ali's life. Uh, following him from like when he first claims the heavyweight champion title to the famous Rumble in the Jungle fight between him and uh, George Foreman. And also his... Um, fight against being drafted yeah like i in like his sort of like involvement with malcolm x like how he's viewed by the government and the you know people in a very uh tumultuous time in the united states well we're get, we'll talk about it more later but like i think that's what like throws a lot of people off about this movie i think what really throws this movie what throws people off about this movie is you go into it expecting like a movie about the life of muhammad ali like from birth to death or you know in this case exactly one like retirement but it only focuses on like a very small part of his life and like at least in the director's cut like he's barely in like some chunks of the movie yeah and um, this is just a totally unconventional biopic. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like e- even when someone does something a little weird, they still would cover something like his childhood. Yeah. Like, but his childhood is only shown in, in the opening. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the opening is fantastic. And we're, go- we're, we're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Uh, but yeah. Just some quick background on the movie itself, because we do have a filmmaker to really talk about this episode. Um, It actually started uh, like a Muhammad Ali movie was like kind of, uh, of course, you know, like a hot commodity in Hollywood for a while. Yeah. Um, John Peters, who is a Warner Bros. executive, uh, we talked about with Wild Wild West, you know, wanted to do the giant spider in Wild Wild West. Um. Weirdly enough, held on to the film rights to Muhammad Ali. And it's rumored he did so because, you know, he was with Warner Bros. He wanted to adapt the Superman versus Muhammad Ali comic into a movie. Okay. And so that's why he had the, the life rights to, you know, the most famous boxer of all time. And it was originally set up. It was going to be Barry Sonnenfeld and Will <laughs> Smith, uh, you know, men in black, Wild Wild West guy. But uh, it's like sort of rumored that like the failure of wild wild west kind of scared uh sonnenfeld off of it for a little bit god <laughs> yeah oh thank christ right i think smith was attached to it like from the beginning yeah um, from the get-go i i read a story that he apparently turned it down at first because you know it was kind of daunting to him like this was in circul, you know in kind of circulation like mid to late 90s you know so he's still doing like you know, he just got off from Fresh Prince. He's doing like Men in Black. You know, the idea of playing a figure so monumental as Muhammad Ali was kind of daunting, I have yeah. to imagine. Holy Ma- shit. Yeah. I keep forgetting that we like bunched 
bad boys in Men in Black. Yeah. At this point, this was what, like his sixth movie? His yeah, fifth this movie? is like, yeah, this is like his oh, fifth or sixth movie. That's insane. Yeah, which is incre- insane. What changed his mind was apparently uh, Muhammad Ali himself called Will Smith and said, you have to do this because you're the only one attractive enough to play me. Yeah. <laughs> which is a great story. I was just scrolling through, you know, co-hosts of the show IMDb Trivia. Apparently when... Ali died in 2016. Smith was a pallbearer. Yeah, he was. At the funeral, which is crazy. Yeah. A few different directors, I think, were attached to it. I think, uh, I'll double check. Uh, Like Ron Howard, what at one point was going to do it. Um, The uh, insane one that you told me last week, which um, Spike Lee. mm -hmm, Yeah. Which I feel like would have been just as good as this movie, probably. Yeah, which there is some, I, I did want to talk about, there is some beef, it seems like, over that. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee was considered by the studio because, um, you know, uh, Malcolm X was, a, I think, a very successful biopic that manages to, like, capture the story of, like, this, like, kind of monumental historical figure. And, you know, Spike Lee took a meeting with Will Smith, and he says he knew he wouldn't get the job when Smith told him he was going to need Lee to, quote, broaden his horizons with the movie. The fuck? Which, if I had to read between the lines a little bit, uh, I Spike Lee kind of unfairly is, like, known as, like, an angry, like, radical director. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you don't make... A Malcolm X movie if you're trying to appeal to everybody you know yeah and Will Smith as we talked about is like trying to like maintain his like movie star career so he's wanting to do a Muhammad Ali movie that'll appeal to like everybody it's kind of uh <laughs> which is very ironic which is yeah it's so it is, it is ironic that they don't go with Spike Lee because they want a more conventional movie with mass appeal so they do michael mann who gives them a very unconventional movie with like kind and of also specific like appeal michael mann the way that people talk about him is he's this very strict and like focused director and even will smith said in a couple interviews that he put him on the i mean and we'll talk about it more or or we can get into it right now he put him on this insane year-long regiment of Mm -hmm. getting ready for this he trained like an actual boxer would train Mm -hmm. he did some like weird neuroscience shit (laughs) like i mean just getting the voice down like he spent a year like training of course again the shape but also like just getting the voice down which could like, you know, Ali has yeah. a, a very iconic, but also a very specific like way of speaking. Honestly, yeah. I do think Smith, he, I, I think Will Smith nails it off, by the way, like just to get it out of that way. So Will Smith yeah. is incredible in this, but he, they, in all the fights, which we will get into detail later, but mm-hmm. all the fights are fought by real boxers. Yeah. And they're, they are they're, actually hitting Will Smith. I think that's, yeah. It's, like, oh, Mike, some of these, he's a great like director and yeah. he, I got a whole spiel yeah, on Michael exactly. Mann. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got a whole spiel on Michael Mann. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are like two weird paradoxes to this movie. Is it like just behind the scenes? Is it like they didn't want Spike Lee because they wanted a conventional sort of mass appeal, you know, movie. So they hire Michael Mann. That doesn't, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on one hand, it feels a little wrong because if just because of like, like what kind of figure Muhammad Ali is, it feels a little wrong for like a like 60 year old man from Chicago to be making the movie about him. But simultaneously, yeah. as we talk about weirdly, like Michael Mann's also kind of a perfect choice for a Muhammad Ali movie. Yeah. He, he grew up with Muhammad Ali. He grew up watching yeah. him yeah. actually box. And uh, one last thing before I go into the whole Michael Mann thing, but uh, is it a Spike Lee? I do kind of, a part of me does really want to see the Ali movie he would have made. 
but it just reminded me that there's this like Jackie yeah. Robinson. He's been trying to make a Jackie Robinson movie for a while. And he like oh, damn. early quarantine, he posted the whole script like on, on his website or something. But the thing solid. though, that's always in the back, like that's, that's been in the back of my head since you told me like, Hey, Spike Lee was like one of the guys they considered. I just keep thinking like it would have just been the exact same thing as the Malcolm X movie. That's yeah. That's like, the thing. It, it feels like it would have been very, just because like, you know, he already did a like big historical biography movie. Yeah. It, it, and these two guys are very similar when it comes to first, like what time they existed, you know, mm-hmm. when they were active, what they were actively doing and just like the sheer power that they're, um, I guess celebrity uh, was. So I feel like the, the, the movies would have been similar, but still, I still would obviously would have fucking loved to see Spike Lee's take on Muhammad Ali, a, yeah. a figure just as big as Malcolm X. Is this better? Because like right now it sounds, I mean, it, it sounds like crappier, but like it doesn't, it's not making the weird noise anymore. Interesting. Okay, I'll just leave it like this. Having mic issues. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Michael Mann. Can I talk about Michael Mann? Talk, talk about him. Go ahead. All right. Michael Mann, filmmaker I've become very passionate about since the start of uh, the pandemic. Got really into him. Yeah. It was at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to watch all his movies because he doesn't have a whole lot, but I just keep putting it off. He is from Chicago. He's a Windy City native. Um, he got his start. His first like real thing he got attention for was like he shot footage of a Paris student like riot, and he like edited it into a documentary and he won. Um, he edited it into like a short and he won like the jury prize at Cannes in 1970. I love that this podcast is basically like we cover an actor, but like when we find when when the director that we love is yeah. directing one of the movies, it's we just can be- only- for one episode, it becomes like a different podcast. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I mean, like we can only talk about Will Smith. Like we, you know, we got to spread out the Will Smith talk. I think we learned that lesson with Sandler. Yeah. No, it? I love it's it. Sandler- it's good. It's a yeah. good thing. Sandler, all we had was Paul Thomas Anderson. Right. Yeah. No, but he, uh, Michael Mann kind of uh, got his like start in TV. Like um, he won like an Emmy for a TV movie called The Jericho Mile, which I still need to watch. Um, and he also um, later in the 80s, like after he's sort of started his film career, he does Miami Vice, which is, I think in terms of like, you know, talking about the most influential TV shows of all time, I think it gets a little overlooked because it like single-handedly changed the way TV shows were like filmed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I think I've said it to you, Moises, or I've like talked to you about it. Like in the first episode of Miami Vice, there's like an extended, like there's a part, there's a point, there's a scene where it essentially becomes a music video for the song In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Yeah. You know, TV is very like, it still kind of is like very procedural, just like get here, you know, speak plot, you know, get the next scene, more plot. And this was like kind of like revolutionary at the time. So it's like, <laughs> it's essentially people just went, oh shit, you can just like vibe for a little bit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, like the visual, like, you know, the visual stuff in TV, you know, TV doesn't have as good a quality as movies, but we could still like make it look cinematic. And that yeah. scene, even today, is still, like, some of the coolest shit ever. But the film, two dudes, like, driving in a fucking, like, Ferrari at night while, like, in the air tonight plays. Like, one of them loads, like, a sawed-off shotgun. Uh, and then he, he gets his first feature film, uh, the movie Thief. Movie I adore. I, I, know, I think Moises feels the same awesome. way. So fucking good. Uh, well, I was going to say before you uh, go deep, 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 because you're already in kind of deep. Most of the filmmakers that we like gush over in this podcast that we've ever done, usually usually I share an affinity with them with Kellen. And Michael Mann was the one that Kellen like 
I didn't, I knew nothing about Michael Mann. Then Kennel was like, you need to see this. You need to see this. And I like watched it and I, I was convinced immediately about like Michael Mann <laughs> immediately was convinced. Yeah. The fucking rules. Um, yeah. That, this movie, it fucking rules. James. And the thing, like, just to get into his style real quick, because I think that's the more, you know, his background, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I don't think at least I didn't do my, that, let me rephrase. I didn't have time this week to do a whole lot of research on his background, but his style is feet is a movie about a, uh, <laughs> about a thief. <laughs> uh, take a guess what thief is about. Um, Thief is about uh, James Kahn, who plays this uh, like jewel thief, like a safe cracker. And for the movie, there's a lot of people in the credits that are listed as consultants, uh, which it, for thief means criminals that Michael Mann knows and asked about. <laughs> like he, um, oh, so in his TV career, he was on this TV show called Police Story in uh, 1978. He was a writer for that. And that's where that show, like, it's more so than any other like cop show that was on at the time was like really about like the procedure and like the like true like research of like what being what police work looks like and what criminal uh what crime looks like you know like really that show like really did its research and that kind of gets ingrained yeah. in michael mann and there was another tv movie i think he did called la takedown yes <laughs> la takedown is fascinating because if you've seen Heat, it's like Heat, but bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, his whole thing is like something I find very fascinating. And I think the Safties are like the other filmmakers that come to mind as being kind of similar. And it's like, if you research something enough, if you like immerse yourself in something enough, it becomes like that much more believable. Mm -hmm. Like, you know... Um, for Collateral, uh, which comes out, which is his movie after Ali, you know, he has Tom Cruise, like, do this insane training. Like, you know, doing, like, fucking John Wick shit at gun ranges. <laughs> um, like, following people and staying incognito to, like, because he plays a hitman in that movie, to have him, like, train as, like, essentially what a hitman would be good at. And Tom Cruise becomes an expert in that. And... I think there's what Michael Mann has said in an interview is it like some of that shit, you know, he doesn't have to do in collateral, but I need him to like walk and carry himself like a guy who knows how to do that. And that's the same thing as like thief, you know, like he has James Con, you know, James, there's only like one shootout in the entire movie and it's at the very end, but he has James Con do like all this like insane, like gun training, just because like, if he is good enough at that and believes he can do that, the character becomes across as like more authentic. Like if he knows how to actually crack a safe, he he'll look like he knows how to crack a safe in the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's the same thing he does with Ali, which is like, if I have Will Smith get into the shape that Ali was in, learn how to box like Ali could and like learn to speak and like knew what Ali knew, then he'll come across as more authentic as Ali he's like a man of uh and what comes across like visually in his work is he he's like really obsessed with detail which i love the procedure of like something like in thief you know it's like the it shows every single step of like what robbing a place would look like like you know like the turning off the security system like setting up the drill you know all of that like shit like i'm a sucker for that stuff and it's the same thing of like um or it's like little things like in heat the moment, like a little moment that people always talk about is like when Val Kilmer does that reload, you know, during the big shootout, like yeah. apparently that shit gets shown to like people training with firearms. Like this is the, a really good way to do this. I always feel a little out of de my, my death kind of talking about like cinematography stuff, because I think it's like the aspect I probably know the least about next to like composing music, <laughs> but his stuff like has such a texture to it, you know? like thief or like even like what I've seen of like Manhunter, you can see like the like sweat on their like forehead, like yeah. the, 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 the rain, like, you know, slick on the roads, like in thief, there's that great shot of when he's driving through Chicago at night and like the neon lights are reflected in the hood of his car. 
Like he's you a could man see of- the fucking like fog coming in, and it's like it's like the best fog I've ever seen in a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got a real eye for detail, and um, we don't really get to talk about that much with the move this movie. But like, it's why he becomes so hardcore into digital filmmaking yeah. later in his career. It's so you know, good. It's kind of it reminds me a lot of Fincher because Fincher is like the, yeah. He, a very particular eye for detail. And that's why he's, you know, completely switched over to digital. Uh, except Michael Mann, like really embraces the grainy aspect of digital, which I like, but, and just to wrap up my thing on why I think Michael Mann is weirdly a perfect choice for this movie. Is it like all his, all his movies, all of like the protagonists in his movies are essentially a men who can't really express their emotions or like how they're feeling, but B, they're really fucking good at their job. Like, uh, you know, like Thief, he, you know, his like marriages have fallen apart. Like he's barely keeping his relationship together, but he's good at what he fucking does. Well, I think it, I think it's like, I think it's like Val Kilmer asked Robert De Niro, he's like, you, you think you love this girl? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. And then he's Val Kilmer's just like, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or uh, it's either the other way around. But yeah, like the other way around. The only fucking thing he says back to him is good. Yeah, good. And he yeah, just good. nods his head. And it also, yeah. Um, and one thing, like I have a hard time putting into words about why I love Michael Mann's stuff is that there's like this real, like it feels like there's this kind of loneliness, like in his stuff. Like, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Like melancholy, I guess, you know, like he's big on like kind of blues and like greens, yeah. you know, like like heat especially is about like it's like this sort of big crime epic in LA about these people who like uh like are kind of like lonely, unable to connect with each other, but they're really fucking good at their jobs. And like I it's this idea. I saw a review for um, Miami Vice, the the movie uh, Michael Mann did in 2006, where it's like the main characters are stoic, like hardcore badasses who don't like really express how they're feeling. So the world around them becomes like an expression of emotion. And I think that kind of sums up everything he does, including Ali. Oh, and also (laughs) all of his movies are also about like people who like rebel against like the system in a way, I think like thief, you know, movie, has like and he talks about this in the criterion interview like thief has like marxist undertones he's you know michael man said like yeah thieves about the uh seizing the means of production you know i i think uh yeah i haven't uh public enemies especially he's it's Mm -hmm. literally about a fucking criminal and you're rooting for him yeah like public enemies about this especially because like you know it's about the cops and the robbers and like both the crime the you know and uh, law are like rapidly changing and both of these people are like you know, uh christian bale and johnny depp are just sort of helpless and he like, should do like robin hood or some shit fuck that'd be cool uh like michael mann likes the little guy he likes the underdog that's like fighting against something bigger than himself and mm-hmm. that's what ollie does in this movie he's uh and it's also like Ali himself is such a like stern individual, mm-hmm. but you know, this movie especially shows like his emotional side, especially yeah. when it comes to like women. Yeah. He's a guy and he is like arguably the ultimate Michael Mann protagonist because like, you know, he has a very like extravagant, like personality, like very, uh, like you know cocky and like showboaty but that's what people love about him that's what's so great about him is like you know he starts like speaking in prose to shit talk his opponents like he starts rhyming it's like he gets fucking the like the spirit of the bard overtakes him you know but like in private you know like solitary i guess is the word like he you know so that's perfect yeah yeah and Will Smith plays and it perfectly. And he's so fucking outspoken. I think that's that's another mm, word. Outspoken, yeah. That perfectly. He's a, he's a fighter. He's a fighter. Like Yeah, he's a fucking fighter. And Michael Mann is more concerned with his fight against the US government, you know, than any like it clicked for me cuz I watched this movie um 
like over the summer, I think it was like made free on Apple TV or something. And like, I liked it, but it didn't really click with me. But on this watch, like it clicked with, I finally like realized that this movie is about, it starts off and it starts off with Muhammad Ali becoming a champion, you know, like that's the end of another Muhammad Ali biopic, you know, this, and it's the beginning of this one. And I think this movie is about him he becomes the people's champion, but this movie is him learning like what that means. This movie is him learning like he has a much larger role in like society than he realizes, you know, like as like a political figure. And then at the end when he's um in Africa and like all the, he's like a hero among the people. Yeah. With all the fucking Michael Mann weirdness, like yeah. thrown in, in there. I think a good place to start and the we haven't been doing this recently is the opening. Yeah. Um, Which is like, <sighs> I've been, I've come to the conclusion that this might be, this opening might be my favorite opening 10 minutes of any movie ever. Yeah. Um, I'd be hard. Really amazing. Hard press. Like I can think of like opening scenes, like, you know, like the opening of Mad Max Fury Road is incredible, but that's like the first, like opening 10 minutes I think what really made me really, really like I, don't get everything about this opening is fucking perfect. It is edited together amazingly. Mm-hmm. The music's amazing. Oh yeah. This man was using digital cinematography in two thousand one. Yeah. Uh and putting it in a Ali biopic. Yeah. Like he, it looks so first, jarring. Yeah. It's only for a couple shots. I think it's just insane. him at night, but it is like incredibly jarring. But like you know, it's the, the reason he uses it in collateral is with digital. Like when Ollie's running at night, you can see so much more than you yeah. would be able to on film, and like that's what he does in all of Collateral. I mean, I've watched this I, opening scene so many times. Like I, I wrote an essay on it for one of my editing classes last year. Um, like it creates this opening like mosaic feels like a good word for it it's like non-linear it's kind of jumping around in time but it's creating in just 10 minutes like here's a portrait of everything in muhammad ali's life that has shaped him like that is influential on him and like this time like the more i watch it the more i notice there's like a really good flow to it you know like the first sort of like it's cutting back and forth between um the sam cook performance who was maybe one thing that isn't like um, might be a flaw against the movie is it it does require like a little bit of prior historical knowledge of like what's going on in this time period in like Ollie's life, you know? Like I, yeah. I was watching it with my parents and I was having to like catch my mom up a little bit because she didn't know a whole lot about Malcolm X, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like you know, Sam Cooke and Muhammad Ali. Hold on, mom, too. mom. Before you ask me about Malcolm X, let's go watch Malcolm X by Spike Lee. Come on, let's go watch that. <laughs> let's pause and then we Ali, can watch Ali and watch a three-hour movie about Malcolm X, and then I'll just—I thought of <laughs> just edit together like a super, like like a six-hour movie of like um, Ali one night in Miami, and then Malcolm X. I'm a guy who likes boxing movies. It's a weird one. Yeah. And even then, I like, I, like, I mean, I like Rocky, but I don't like, like, I'm not like the hugest fan of it. Like, that's not what got me into boxing mm-hmm. movies. Like, I love Creed. I love those movies. And oh yeah, uh, uh, extremely underrated movie that I feel like no one talks about, and also no one talks about his performances is is Southpaw with Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal. It's fucking awesome. That movie rules. But my point is. This opening shows boxing in no other way I've ever seen it in documentaries and movies mm-hmm. and TV. Like I, the fucking shots he's using are like strange, but at the same time, while I was watching, it, I was like, "Why has no one ever done these shots before?" Yeah, like the ultra zoom in on the weird boxing punching thingy where you do the weird punch and it comes oh, back, to you, comes, come back to you. Yeah. And it's just, it's literally just black. And then, you know, when, once it moves out of the way, it's Will Smith's face and it's black and go back to his face. I've yeah. never seen that shot before. Why has this yeah. shot never been done <laughs> yeah. before? This opening scene has such a great like rhythm to it. Like, it, it's not like, you know, when you say like 
editing rhythm. Like I think, and I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but I think the thing that comes to mind is like baby driver, you know, like cut on the beat, that kind of thing. Or like those, like all those like yeah. fucking suicide squad trailers, you know, that's what I think, you know, people think of when you say editing rhythm, but there's just a great, like, it's hard to like define like sort of internal rhythm to how it's like editing. And like, they're like, you know, like it's just so like zooming in on yeah. Ollie's eyes and like, you know, it just creates that effect of like, this is what's going on in his mind. This is like how he's focusing. He's like thinking about everything that led him up to this moment. Like There's the most a Malcolm X speech in the middle of this oh, and it yeah. flows so nicely. The most powerful, I think, like it's just such a powerful, like it goes from like, it's, I, I don't know why it never registered before me, but like, it's like flashes back to like, I think Ollie's just like a spectator at another, um, is it Sonny Liston? The first fight? Yeah. Yeah, is that yeah, like yeah, another yeah. Sonny Liston fight and like they have their fight coming up and like Sonny Liston goes up to him and like talk shit and says like I'm gonna beat your ass like I was your daddy Yeah, <laughs> and the next like sort of flashback is like Ali watching his dad played by Giancarlo Esposito always good to see him yeah. <laughs> uh, so good to see he's him. not in this enough but it's always just, it's just good uh, to see him I heard in the other cut he has a, little, a shit ton he, he has like one more scene, I think. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we're talking about the, the director's cut, which is like the second, somehow, di- the second director's, the second director's cut. cut, which is somehow Michael Mann likes to do this. He's never, he's kind of like George Lucas, I guess. And that he's like, never, he's like a satisfied. lot of directors. Yeah. Like, damn, I was just reading about him today. Fuck. Hold on. Let me, let me say this name. Cause I'm becoming obsessed with this guy. And I'm, I'm also starting uh, Terrence Malick. Oh, yeah. Um, he does an insane amount of cuts to his movies. Yeah. Like Michael May, like even like Heat sometimes, he'll just go and like move it, just like little like edits, you know. But like with One this, frame. like <laughs> it is a complete, it feels like a completely different movie, but it's somehow shorter than the theatrical cut. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Like um, he, wa- it's like Ali as a kid watching his dad uh, paint white Jesus at a church. Uh, this is then like after this, it's like not in the. It's actually not in the theatrical cut. It's like Ali as like an older, grown up more like at like a business like sitting behind his dad while his dad's like at this business meeting with like all these old white dudes. Yeah, and he's like looking at this like picture of a horse. Um, he's more interested in the shit going on behind him than these. Yeah, than his dad having to man. like kiss the ass of these like old white dudes. You know. Yeah. Again, it's also like, you know, the, the, there's like the freedom of the open range, you know, the horses on or something like that. Then like, you know, it goes to him as a kid again with his dad on a bus and he sees like this old man reading a newspaper about the um, lynching of Emmett Till. And, and the old man's reading the newspaper and Ollie's staring at it and he just like shoves it in his, in his face. face. Like here, yeah. look, this don't is look the away. world right here. Yeah, don't look away. Yeah. Um, and it goes from that to the Malcolm X speech. Um, yeah. You know, just sort of, and it's just sort of establishing like, you know, this is like, as a kid, he saw like what the world was like, whether it's his dad, like, you know, painting white Jesus, <laughs> like painting a Middle Eastern dude as like a blonde haired blue eyed white guy. Yeah. Or like, you know, his dad having to like, uh, be at the mercy of like these old white dudes and like, you know, seeing like Emmett Till's death, but then like his friendship and like faith in Malcolm X who offers like one, I, one of my favorite lines of the movie, you know, if somebody lays a hand on you, you do your best to see that they never lay their hand on anyone else. And it's like, we see what shaped his life and we see like what he lives his life by in this, like, you know, just like, this is like three, four minutes, you know, it's such like be efficient, but beautiful storytelling. And then we get, I don't know what it is about this like next sort of flashback, but there's just something about it that I love. It feels like magical almost, you know? It's like, it's fucking amazing. His, uh, we see like his, the guy, the like, uh, his like motivator, I guess. I, all the boxes, like, uh, he was a Jew too. Yeah. Some people call him fast black. Some Some call me daddy Mac. Mac. Uh, gave Sugar Ray Robinson my power for seven years, my voodoo, my magic. Now Shorty done sent me here to work for you. Who's, who's Shorty? Shorty? <laughs> I, call, I call him Shorty. 
I call him Shorty because he's like he likes some circumcised original people like Moses. Like Moses. <laughs> I was a babe in a basket too. Born with the doorstep with a note across my chest that read, "You do the best you can for him, world." Mm-hmm. I want to be. The your line that was my. I want to be your motivator in your corner. Fuck. It's, Jamie Foxx is fucking fucking god in this movie. Shit. He's oh so good. Just that one scene. Oh, There's just something about like he like. It's like out of focus and he like comes from like around a corner and it feels like and I might be like getting in wet too into it. And he know? has like the mint blue background. Yeah. It feels like the world is like creating this like figure for to got help Muhammad Ali, you know? It feels like yeah. he's being summoned. <laughs> and he starts like he has a soliloquy. It's like Shakespearean. He just starts like monologuing about like Houdini and God <laughs> and then like but the whole time you know the music is is like Sam Cooke like vamping at a concert you know it's like this like horns and then Muhammad Ali's like doing speed rope he finishes speed rope throws it down says something like there it is and then like the music goes so, f- and drop and oh my god drop. it's so like like I when I watched it for the first time I didn't realize like I was holding my breath <laughs> you know, waiting yeah. for like to just beat the job, and um, it's the and then song, there's bring it on home. The next me. sequence, which you say you really like, there's just something I love about like yeah, the way the music kind of like creates this energy as it goes from like uh, Boudini, you know, in the front seat, um, his photographer played by Jeffrey Wright, you know, in the passenger seat, his trainer next to him. probably my favorite in this in this movie. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Really yeah, he's really good. Yeah. He's always really good. He's just solid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's, it's like, like so flowy. It's like slow it motion. Flo- yeah. And like the shot of like Ali, like in the back seat, like it it feels like, you know, there's a lot of like pictures of him like that. And like there's a couple times where like it shows, you know, his photographer taking a picture of him. And like, you know, if you know a lot about Muhammad Ali, you go like, oh, that's like an iconic, you know, picture. But like it never really it's it's very subtle, you know, it never draws attention to himself. You feel like in another movie, like in the Barry Sonnenfeld version of this movie, like the actual photo would have come up on screen or something, you know. Um, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But just like the, something about the way the like music just adds this like energy to the you know that scene is sequence is so incredible and then it all ends off with him just like going to the weigh-in yeah for the sunny listen fight which them in that hallway them in that hallway is what made me think like i mean i was already on board with this movie very much by the opening because kellen made me watch this opening um by the trailer by just hearing stuff about it, reading about it. But when I saw that, like the shots of him in the hallway, like, you know, the stadium hallways, I was like, okay, I'm like, this is going to be my movie. I know I'm going to fucking love this movie. Yeah. And he fucking bursts in the door. He starts saying his poem flow, like a butterfly sting, like a bee. Oh, rumble, young man. Rumble. Yeah, you rumble, and young it's man just rumble. like, you're in this hype. Like this yeah. whole opening just built you could, up to see if this I is actually, Ali in his natural state. <laughs> and even like this stuff, like I said, opening 10 minutes are fantastic, but even this like sunny list and fight is incredible too. Like the opening 30 minutes of this movie are so fucking good. I, I just want to watch it again. It's Why like, are we talking about it? Yeah. I, I really want to watch this movie again. <laughs> Um, I am. Um, I wrote down some stuff. In the way he does his the fights are incredible. Great. He um, chooses, you know, to basically show the whole fucking fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also studied the fight, and made sure the moves were right. They. Oh my god! There's the digital cinematography comes back again when there's like this first the first person shots of Muhammad Ali, like, and it's usually when he's getting hit. Yeah, when he's getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah. Um, there's a little moment, and also just, like, talking about the process that, you know, man's kind of, like, obsessed with. Um, there's this, like, moment, like, right before the fight, like, they go out, you know, to the fight, where his trainer just, like, loads up on, like, all these, like, medical supplies, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he, like, puts, like, the bandages in his coat. He has, like, like the fucking, like, knife thing that, like, boxing coaches use to cut the eye out, you know? Like that kind of shit. Yeah. Like, 
And it's just this very quiet, like kind of tense moment. Yeah, like, they didn't need to show that. Yeah, they didn't need to show, but it also like without drawing too much attention to itself, to itself, it kind of creates the thing of like, oh, like doing this, you could, you're gonna like get the, you could get your fucking shit rocked. You know, yeah. people could, people have died doing this. This is like yeah. gladiator shit you're doing. Uh, Ali's arguably like the best in ever to fight. And um, mm. he could still get fucked up. Like it, it could yeah. still happen. Yeah. There's Even like, if he wins the match, he could still get fucked up. There's a line later in the movie, like when Ali talks to reporters where he's talking about like, you have to know that you're up against a guy that would rather die than let you win. And you have yeah. to be like prepared to go up against that. And like, that's kind of ha- like, just like, oh my God, this guy's going to get fucked up. Another thing in the opening fight he does is like he also kind of focuses on like the footwork, which mm-hmm. gives it a nice rhythm. Like it feels like you're watching a dancer. That that's kind of because that's kind of like what boxing is too. There's like I mean it's a there's a lot going on in boxing, you know. But like it's, it's like, like almost like acrobatic slash yeah. like I don't know what word you describe to like describe ballet. Right, like uh, they're floating. They're elegant. Floating. It's like elegant. They're floating, you know, like it's like, yeah, there you go. Um, it's also a very gorgeous movie. Uh, I think I texted you it has the same cinematographer as children of men. Um, That's why I fucking like yeah. it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the opening fight's so good. Uh, and I really like, you know, and it's like you said, I do love like its dedication to like, uh, realism you know it's like it doesn't feel like these fights have been exaggerated or like made more exciting because like i i love the rocky movies and i love uh creed but like sometimes those fights feel like okay this is like very hollywood you know like they're, yeah, they're yeah. like it, it feels like you know like they had like a choreographer you know instead of two dudes fighting each other this motherfucker had actual boxers in yeah. the ring with him yeah like i mean he's taking hits don't get like the boxes are like kind of pulling their punches, but like, you yeah, know, I believe. He's still getting hit. It, it, I, don't quote me, but I am pretty damn sure that the Michael Mann instructed in the last fight, uh, in the Rumble in the Jungle, he instructed to hit Will Smith as hard as he can. Yeah, he. I yeah, I read like he told him hit you know hit Will Smith as hard as you can, just don't knock him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, insane i wanted to write down because after this the you know the opening 30 minutes is kind of dedicated to like the sunny listen fight and ollie first becoming uh the heavyweight champion uh the next 30 minutes are like the movie like the director's cut i think flows way better because like it the movie has like sort of like clear like uh acts like act one is like feels like kind of malcolm x heavy and like, cause at the end, like the opening third, like, uh, like Malcolm X gets assassinated like an hour in, and that sort of like has a profound effect or like 45, it might be closer to 45 anyway. Like, and that sort of has an effect on, you know, Ali, as he goes into the next chunk of the movie, which is like devo- dedicated to his time fighting the Vietnam draft. It, uh, and then the last it's third also, is the rumble in the jungle. Yeah. It's also pretty, you know, it, I understand why this movie didn't do well. It's very jarring. And I, I think especially the fact like both Ali and Malcolm X were both at like a weird point in their lives mm-hmm. at this point. Ali was doing, you know, he was being way more political, way more vocal. He decided to risk his career to to stand what he believed in and malcolm x was at the point where he was starting to question his uh, the nation of islam yeah. and their standards and um, you know what he believed the like honorable of. elijah muhammad yeah exactly uh, and so i think that all culminates in the in the scene of them in africa mm-hmm. uh yeah, ali and malcolm x yeah like ali is like visiting there for something and uh, Malcolm is like doing his like pilgrimage, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. At this point, the honorable Elijah Muhammad had told them, Hey, you guys like Malcolm X stay away from Muhammad Ali. And also, yeah, 
he'd you, been excommunicated. Uh, like, I think this is when he'd been excommunicated. And this was just after Muhammad Ali became Muhammad Ali. Yeah. This first chunk of the movie, like, and by focusing on Malcolm X and like the kind of like a uh, conflict with the nation of Islam. And there's also like, it shows like they're being spied on by people from that are like, well, there was like a, a coup going on somewhere in Africa, you know? Yeah. Like, I think this yeah. first part of the show is that he's a heavyweight champion in the show in the, of the world, but he's still like kind of like a cog in a larger machine. Yeah. And then once Malcolm X dies, the movie becomes about him dismantling the fucking machine, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I texted you uh, that Denzel Washington's shadow looms large, but uh, this guy, uh, Mario Van Peebles, I believe, is like really good as Malcolm X. Yeah, he's really fucking good. It was, yeah. it was very. He, he plays it like fucking matter. In my opinion, doesn't matter. But I was impressed. Yeah, he I think just comparing them because I first watched Ali and I first watched Malcolm X like within a month of each other. So, you know, it was like fresh in my mind. But while Denzel, you know, plays Malcolm X throughout his entire life, you know, so he has like, you know, uh, like the like a more and it's also just like what Denzel's good at like sort of fiery like passion you know when he's like speaking and like giving yeah. his but this Malcolm X is like near the end of his life and he's kind of defeated like he's kind yeah. of like you know he's at having like a crisis of faith and um oh his death scene is really good like that um like it cutting back and forth between like the assassination and like Muhammad Ali finding out about it while yeah. um a change is going to come place uh, but then, like, the movie becomes about um, essentially, like, Muhammad Ali's, like, life kind of falling apart. Yeah. For me, like, as good as, like, I think some of the parts are, like, I feel like maybe it's just, like, the first 30 minutes get me so hype. And then, like, the next 30 minutes, I feel like, you know, Muhammad Ali's kind of barely in them. You know, it's kind of focused on, like, the bigger political ramifications and Malcolm X kind of lose me a little bit. But then, like mm-hmm. once, like the Vietnam stuff, Vietnam starts stuff uh, starts. That's like when I'm like back in. Yeah. Like um, Muhammad Ali is being drafted and sent to Vietnam, and it's essentially um, Howard uh, Cosell, I think, is the character name played by John Voight in a lot of makeup. Un- unrecognizable. <laughs> unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know Howard Cosell tells him like you know they're sending you to Vietnam to make an example out of you. Like, this is what happens if you're outspoken. And uh, like the middle chunk of this movie, there's like, like this movie, once the first fight ends, I think it was like an hour without showing any boxing. Yeah. Which is like, my mom said she was expecting something like kind of, kind of like Rocky, you know, for a Muhammad Ali movie. And I think if you're, you go in expecting this, it is going to throw you off big time. (laughs) This stuff and Jamie Foxx is also so good. Like, you know, because Malcolm X, like uh, not Malcolm X, sorry, Muhammad Ali, like doesn't really have the money to keep him on board, I think is implied. Uh Jamie Foxx's character Bundy, like, kind of turns to drugs. He sells Ali's championship belt. Um, yeah. Heartbreaking yeah. scene. Yeah, really. Is there anything you want to talk about? I'm skipping over. Uh uh any uh i guess just his relationship with women and his wives right um jada pinkett smith interesting that they chose her to be the first wife yeah she's barely in the movie yeah and she's (laughs) also Uh, shown to be his like least successful marriage yeah yeah um muhammad ali is so attracted and he's he's confused on why he's attracted to Mm. her because she's really she good, by very... the way. Jade is really good. Yeah, she's good in it. She's a solid actress. She's I, very. Uh, she's not afraid of being, you know, like sexy and like you she's know, in her husband's. Yeah, off. she's in her husband's movie, but she's not afraid to be like kind of sexy and also like, you know, not um, like play against her husband. Like she's playing like the kind of unsuccessful first marriage, and she doesn't yeah, have a and... whole lot of ego in doing that. Exactly. And, and that, that's why Muhammad Ali, you know, got a second wife. Um, (laughs) Shit. I forgot. uh, She's also in collateral. Yeah. She's she's like the love interest. Huh? Um, Her sec, his second wife is like uh, very young. Yeah. That it's, she is weirdly young. I don't, it's, (laughs) 
Yeah, Muhammad Ali first met her when she was like 12 or yeah. something. And it's never like fully made clear how old she is now. It's a little weird. I yeah. I should look that up in real life, but um I'm 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 pretty sure it's something bad. But um yeah, she's very young. And the reason why he falls in love with this girl is because she is very strictly Muslim, right? That's what they are. Yeah, Islamic, yeah. Islamic Muslim. Okay. And that's the thing, like, you know, Jada, the, the and, first um, wife, doesn't want to convert to um, Islam. Uh, but, but um, yeah, like you were saying, and I think, like, the whole wise thing, especially at the end, you know, when he, he has an affair, on, he cheats on his second wife. It's this idea of, like, you know, like other Michael Mann protagonists, that, like, Ali is, like, kind of emotionally unavailable. Yeah, and I also think, like, you know, the, the failed marriage is, is, like, a classic man thing. You know, like not not classic man with two ends thing. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, Al Pacino in Heat or James Caan in Thief. Like you know, they're they're so like what they do has become so much a part of them that they can't really express themselves outside of that. Like, and yeah. I think that's part of why, like you know as intense as the fights are like we were talking they feel like almost like a dance like very elegant you know it's kind of like a ballet it's like an expression of emotion through like motion emotion through motion the Callum Kameen story oh my gosh my I I really hope this recording comes out okay because it's been fucking screwy I think it's also you know a pretty interesting thing I, I don't know if it says anything about him really but will smith is not like a very political person he's been like a pretty apolitical person he plays it very close to the chest yeah yeah um and he chooses to let you know play this role yeah like uh he might be a scientologist (laughs) yeah he might be that's that's it's a big old question mark but um yeah, it is kind of. I think that to him, he views it as like you know, oh, uh, this is how Muhammad. Which, like, Ali I was. guess I'm in his it. behalf, on it on his behalf, like it's a smart thing for a celebrity to do, and it's like, it's just something that we're not used to anymore. I guess that's why, like, it could be seen as strange. But I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Who cares what the fuck Will Smith thinks? As long as he's not racist, <laughs> right. What else to talk about with, I mean, the final fight's, like, the final fight's pretty incredible. Oh, hold on, uh, the him running in Africa. Oh, yeah. That scene sequence was gorgeous. Um, just him running and training while they are in Africa for the fight. And he's, like, seeing that these people, like, almost worship him. They found him as like a figure of hope in this like very some like kind of political upheaval you know i think like yeah and that's what michael i think in i think in my theory that's why michael mann was setting up these very weird fbi and africa things um there's other reasons too obviously and me and kellen already talked about it but I think that was like one of the biggest reasons why it stuck out to me to, to show like, hey, this was going on in Africa. That's why Ali means so much to these people here. Yeah. Like it, this is a light of hope in this darkness that uh-huh. they're in. And yeah, the Africa section is like after he's like sort of finished, you know, like kind of won his fight against the government. He sees what he means for people like yeah. in, the, you know. Like what, you know, he talks about in the very beginning of the movie being the people's champion. This is him, like, finally, like, realizing what that really means. Mm -hmm. Win or lose, he means something to these people. Yeah, I couldn't have put it any better. And that final fight, like, um, is just like, you know, it's so patient because, like, it's like the real fight. Like, you know, real boxing is a little boring and a little more boring than it is in movies. But, like like Ali's whole thing is he just like endures like he just he can just take take a fucking beating for 12 rounds yeah because he knew this was a big fucking guy that could beat his ass but since he's so big he gets tired so fast yeah and like I like in all the scenes his like trainers you know 
Ali just like gets up against the ropes and like just takes a beating. And at any time, every time he goes back to his corner, his trainers are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you need to, you know, but he like tunes them out and he just focuses on like the, the crowd chanting his name. It's it's like he's fucking Superman getting energy yeah. from the sun, you know. That's it's like he's getting his power from them. Yeah, shot that you that you you talked about. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Yeah, as like, and it's so satisfying because like it really takes its time. Like he gets the shit like beat out of him, like you know, just like body, you know, getting hit in the fucking chest or or stomach for like I, it feels like nine minutes or something. Uh, like oh, and then like he finally yeah. like George Foreman's exhausted and he just goes in for the fucking kill. It's like four or five punches and then Foreman's down, you know. And it's like super slow motion. You can like, I love this shit because it's like raining, you know, during the fight. Ali punches him and you see like the it goes super slow motion. You see like the rain coming off the glove and like he hits Foreman and like the water splashes off. Oh, it's so good, but. The shot you're the shot you're talking about is like during the countdown when Ollie like wins and Foreman's out. You can see out of focus in the background, you can see a butterfly, you know, uh, which is like a reference to Muhammad Ali's famous float like a butterfly, sting like a bee thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's I I, uh, I think this fight is done so well, so subtly. Mm-hmm. It's so good. This final fight's yeah. really fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's magical. Yeah, it's it's movie magic. It's uh, movie fucking magic. It's crazy and, to think this shit happened in real life. Like I could go watch yeah. this fight, like at an as an actual fight. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you could. You know, let me see if it's on. I'm YouTube. assuming so. And I guess just like real before, as we're, like we're getting kind of to the end of the movie, like Muhammad Ali just feels like such like a huge like. Like one of those figures that transcends the sport, you know, like in the way I'd argue, like Michael, maybe Michael Jordan has or like LeBron James has. Like my sister, for example, has never watched a boxing match in her life and she could tell you who Muhammad Ali is, you know. Well, you know, Ali was such a powerful figure because in today's day and age, we have sports people just as important as him and just as huge as he was, just as much of a celebrity as he was. But none of them are as forwardly political as he was. And I think Kaepernick is the one who comes the closest. Yeah, just in terms of like. uh, But it's like, it's like, yeah, he I have so much respect for him and I agree he is pretty close to it, but he isn't like the best person in sport in football, you know? Yeah, it's it's was the best boxer. Any any final thoughts, Kellen? On Ali, I'm just trying to scroll through my notes to see if I'm forgetting something. Uh, Oh, yeah. Good ass movie. I I think it's um overlooked. Uh just because like I think like a lot of people just didn't know what to make of it. I feel like that's kind of the case for a lot of later career Michael Mann stuff. And Will Smith did get nominated for the Oscar at the 2002 Academy Awards, I believe. Um this was a big Oscar. There was a big yeah. push for him for this, but he lost out to Denzel Washington in Training Day, and that's a hard decision. To, that's a hard decision to make because Denzel's really yeah. good in that. But I, like Bagger Vance, obviously marked it too. But this like really shows, you know, because this movie did not. I don't think it made its budget back in the box no, office. No. Um, uh, but after this is is it Men in Black Two or is it Bad Boys? Right after this, yeah, I think is when he does like Men in Black Two, Bad Boys Two, back to back. I yeah, I think it's the same. Yeah, it's the same year. I think. Yeah. I remember. And I think um, in the Men in Black 2 episode, I, I, I put forward the theory that, like, you know, he gives every, you know, gives his all for Ali to try and, like, win an Oscar, and he doesn't get it. So I, I make the argument that, like, Men in Black 2 and Bad Boys 2 is, like, him just, like, going back to what worked before, you know, just to, like, reorient or whatever. Yeah. But I think now maybe it's just, like, he spent a fucking year to prepare for this movie. And af- after it, he's just like, oh, God, I'll see if Michael's doing anything. <laughs> he he also, like, him and Michael Mann both put forward their own money to fund yeah. this movie. Like, if the movie went over budget, they, like, offered to, like, sacrifice their paychecks. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, like, Will Smith really believed in this movie. 
which I mean, it, it paid off. Uh, it paid off in the grand scheme of things. He got his Oscar nom, and I think no matter how like much like critics didn't like particularly agree with it, I think everyone agreed that his performance is amazing in this movie. And yeah, it is. His performance is fucking great. He put on 35 pounds of muscle in less than four months for this movie. God damn. It's it's crazy to see that like this is how a lot of you know superstars careers are. I, we saw with Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. shit ton of hits, always made a shit ton of money. Then he does something a little bit out of his lane, mm-hmm. and he doesn't see the financial gain from it as much yeah. as other movies but critically it's like yes like this man mm-hmm. knows how to act yeah you should uh you should unplug your mic again oh damn it sorry about that it's fine you were you were you were listenable that's like, good i could hear every word you said it just sounded hey, man we can never catch a break anytime we get a movie that works both excited to talk about some fuck shit's got to go on. They're like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And punch on glove. It wasn't like my first, the first like five minutes of me talking. It was like weird. I think you had to cut it out entirely. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, um, I'll leave very good. Um, but looking up next, next week we have iRobot. We might have a guest for that. I, I, um, we did. Oh, yeah, we might have a guess for that. Uh, we're still figuring that out. But let me double check, actually, just because I'm pretty sure it's iRobot. Yeah, next week we got iRobot. And then the week after that, we have Shark Tale. <laughs> Hell yes. Oh, you should. Oh, fuck. What are you doing? Get out of here. No. No. Put the door open. Fuck. One second. The dog heard Shark Tale. The dog heard Shark Tale and wanted one yeah. in. Marty's a big Shark Tale guy. You know, his, his, his namesake is in it. My my dog's yeah. not my dog's not Your named dog's... after Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Yeah, we have iRobot. Uh, we might have a guess for Shark Tale, which I'm try. I, I really want to get a guess for. And then um, Hitch, uh, Pursuit of Happiness, and I Am Legend. And that's what the next that's sort of month looks like. such a good fucking run. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is a pretty – I mean, Shark Tale excluded. That's, a, I think, a solid what? run. Excluded? Dude, Excuse me? You're going to eat your fucking hat when we Dude, watch Shark Tale. Dude, that movie's fucking shit. good. What do you shit. mean? It's going to be amazing. I know it. I know it. I remember watching it at the dentist's office all the time. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's what the next, um, and I think, let's say, yeah, like, uh, maybe a bonus episode coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks, uh, if we need a break and need to take a week off, or just as a little bonus to go out, come out with that week's episode. Um, what else do we got? Um, I think, yeah, that's just what the road ahead on Big Willie style looks like, and... As we start to wrap up this week, as we always do, we give our non-Will Smith recommendations. It can be anything. Movie, book, TV show, video game, podcast, song, album, park, painting, poem. Uh, anything Moises and I are enjoying, it just cannot have Willard Smith in it. Yes. I'm going through all the categories that I list every, you know, every episode. I always get it right. I never miss it, mess it up. Movie, book, TV show, video game, podcast, song, album, park, painting, poem. I'm, I did song last week and now I'm on album and I'm going to recommend. Uh, my recommendation is without thinking about it too hard, probably my favorite album. Uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Uh, just like wall-to-wall bangers. Um, it's an album, I believe John Mulaney described it as about as an album with songs about, about cheating on your spouse written by people who were cheating on their spouse with each other. Yeah, it's got, you know, it's uh, Dreams, The Chain, Gold Dust Woman, uh, Secondhand News. Good-ass album made by a group of people that were all on cocaine, and hated each other. That album covered fire. Yeah. 
if I ever get enough clout in Hollywood, I really want to make a Fleetwood Mac biopic that's just about the making of this album. Um, I, I'm going to give two recommendations. One, because I feel kind of bad about it because it doesn't at all need any more promotion. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah is fucking phenomenal. I was very hyped for it just because I love Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya. But it, it like way exceeded my expectations. Really fucking good. Um, HBO Max is the best streaming service. Um, but yeah, they don't need any more promotion. So I'm not going to talk too much about it. Okay. It's fucking good. Amazing performances. Go watch it. But my second recommendation is a song. It's called Hardcore Happy by The Blossom. She's a, she's a new artist. Um, I found her through one of my favorite artists. He's starting his own label, um, Kevin Abstract one of my favorite artists ever. Um, she's really fucking good. I'd recommend to go watch the music video, go fucking listen to it on your streaming services. I'd describe it as like a, you know, alternative. I could see her very much going the route someone like MIA did where she's just like this fucking figure in music that's just always there, but has bangers and everyone forgets about her because MIA is awesome. But yeah. Hardcore Happy, The Blossom, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Nice. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Sorry about the technical difficulties on this one. Um, but the world's covered in ice. It's what can we do? <laughs> uh, if you're enjoying the show and you don't already, follow us at Big Willie Style Podcast on Instagram. That's where your one-stop shop for all things Will Smith. Um, you know, that's also where we post uh, the schedule, upcoming episodes, and, you know, just uh, Moises's banger promo art. Um, Thank you, sir. Oh, Thank you, boss. Me, I, I, don't, don't call me I'll, boss. I'll keep, uh, it's, it's, you know, I got to get paid this wage that you're paying me. It's feeding my I don't, family. But, um, we talk about this. I don't have any so money much. to pay you. I don't thank know you. where you're getting these paychecks, but they're Dude, not for what, me. We get 5 million subscribers a week. I mean, listeners a week. We get, yeah, Squarespace sponsors us. Uh, but before we go, we'll leave you as we always do with a Will Smith fact of the week. This can, this is just a little interesting nugget of information, a true fact for you to hold in your heart, you know, reflect on just like let's simmer for the next week until we meet again next week to talk about iRobot. And this week's Will Smith fact is that Moises, did you know, while training for Ali, he gave one of his, Will Smith gave one of his sparring partners a concussion. Are you serious? This is real? That's a real fact. Uh, I didn't fucking know that, Kellen. Thanks yeah. For the, thanks for the fact. And that is what inspired him to make the movie Concussion. Oh, my fucking God. I'm <laughs> Moise Camacho. I'm Kellen Grimmins. We'll see you next week. Bye.